You're listening to the PFWC podcast with me, Carly Compton, a podcast created to help you learn strategies to overcome that bully inside your head, ways to practice self-love, awareness and understanding of eating disorders, how to embrace the body you have been given and develop a healthy relationship with food, exercise, and most importantly, yourself. Here at the PFWC podcast, we find it important to create a safe space and a place for individuals to come to learn how to create that lifestyle that works for them. We're dropping comparisons, fighting unrealistic beauty standards, and coming together to show the world that all bodies are beautiful and that healthy looks different on everyone. Sit back, relax, and get ready to grow together. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the PFWC podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. Um, I have the honor of sitting down with Joanna. She is the CEO and founder of the Alliance for Eating Disorder Awareness, and I am so excited to be able to speak with her, learn a little bit more about the Alliance, and talk with all of you about Eating Disorder Awareness Month, which is coming up in February. So um, I'm really excited for that. So Welcome, Joanna. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I, as you know, I'm a huge fan of yours, Carly. And, you know, ever since connecting with you, I think over last summer, um, just really grateful for your voice, um, for the community that you've built, and just for allowing uh, people to have space and an opportunity to talk about something that oftentimes isn't talked about. So thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you. That was very kind of you. Um, So I would love to just start off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself. um, And then from there, we'll talk about the Alliance and some of the other stuff that's happening in February. Sure. So um, my name is Joanna Candell. I use pronouns she, her, um, and I am the founder and CEO of the Alliance for Eating Disorders Awareness. We are a national nonprofit organization that is dedicated to the outreach, education, early intervention, support, and advocacy for all eating disorders. Um, And what brought me to this space was my personal lived experience. I experienced an eating disorder for many, many years, um, from the age of 11 and a half upwards into my early 20s. And the entire time I was experiencing my eating disorder, I, number one, never knew anyone who had successfully lived a life beyond their eating disorder. So we're either recovered or in recovery, whatever ending of the word that, that, that you connect to. Mm-hmm. I also was very dismayed that there were distinct times throughout my personal struggle that intervention should have happened um, and it didn't. And so for me, when I started the journey to recovery and because I wasn't able to get access to care in a manner in which I needed. Um, For me, it made me into an advocate. And, you know, as I started to live a life in recovery, I was planning on getting my PhD in clinical psychology and work with, with individuals that had eating disorders. But what really was, I guess, the thing that made my stomach burn and like that passion inside of me was to create conversations and really remove the shame and stigma that that eating disorders are shrouded with. So mm-hmm. at the age of 21, um, at, you know, during my last semester of undergrad, I called my parents up and I told them that I wanted to create a nonprofit. And as you can only imagine, they were over the moon <laughs> about it. 
I say that very sarcastically. I took a student loan and I moved back home and I founded the Alliance for Eating Disorders Awareness. It was definitely not a straight uh, linear journey, just like, you know, the journey to recovery. But I'm really proud to say that the Alliance has now become a national nonprofit organization. We've been around for over two decades and I really adore what I do every day of my life. It gave purpose to the experience that I had and it has allowed me to, as my dear McCall, as my dear friend McCall Dempsey says, pay it forward and create, create a difference. So yeah, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yes. And I love that because that, you know, the way that you described the Alliance is literally what I experienced the first time I came across, um, the Alliance and my experience with, um, you and those that work with the Alliance. I've just had such a positive experience with, um, everyone there. And I think that it's so empowering to hear, um, that you were able to come to this place where you were like, I want to make a change and to have the courage to be like, okay, I'm going to start a nonprofit. Um, you know, that's scary to not really, you know, have any of that experience and to be like, we're going for it. So that's, you know, really empowering to hear that, um, you were able to do that and to see where you're at now with the Alliance, with it being, you know, such an incredible organization that's doing so much amazing work, um, and continues every day. I feel like I go on Instagram and I'm like, Oh, there's something new. Oh, there's something new that you guys are doing. And I just, I love it. I think it's so incredible. Um, and of course, you know, falls right into what I'm passionate about. And so I love to be able to connect with, uh, organizations that are, are doing what, you know, I love and what I'm very passionate about. So I love that. Um, one question I did have, and I think, you know, I haven't really talked a lot about this on the podcast since COVID started, um, but I would love to briefly hear um, how has COVID or what has, what have you seen um, in terms of uh, outreach and people reaching out to the Alliance uh, with COVID happening? Has there been, I'm assuming there's been a rise in um outreach, but I would love to hear a little bit about how, you know, this has affected the Alliance and what you all are doing in terms of COVID and and support there. Sure. Absolutely. Um, So I I would say almost um, let's go back to March of, you know, 2020, although it still feels like it's March. I don't know about you, but I know (laughs) I think that you know, there were so many unknowns that 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 started um, when we first learned about COVID. You know, it was so uncontrolled. Uh, so, or, so controllable. Excuse my, excuse me for saying that. Um, and I think that so many of the things that created um, this perfect storm of what COVID is are things that can definitely exacerbate an eating disorder. If an individual is experiencing an eating disorder, hasn't has had an eating disorder, or maybe has never had an eating disorder before, we know that the level of anxiety has risen tremendously. And then if you think about going back to March, when we, so many of us had to shelter in place and isolate, that, that social isolation really does increase the eating disorder symptomatology, the anxiety, all of that. Um, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, you know, being maybe secluded with maybe some of the foods that you're used to eating, you weren't able to get, or maybe you're stuck in a place where 
you can't have access um, to, 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 to the food or you have access to too much food. So maybe if you are triggered by certain amounts of like um, quantities of food and it's in your, um, you know, if it's in, if it's in your dwelling, that might be very triggering. Also mm-hmm. not being able to see your, your, your team in person, only doing it virtually. I mean, I am so grateful, Carly, that, 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 you know, COVID has happened in 2020 or happened in 2020. I'm not grateful that it happened, but that it happened in 2020 mm-hmm. where we had these yeah. virtual platforms where we very quickly were able to, you know, rotate to a virtual platform where you could see your clinician virtually, that you can attend groups. And I have to say that something that was so beautiful that happened within our eating disorder community is everywhere you turn, there was support. Everything like on, on Instagram, there was round the clock um, mealtime supervision, like uh, mealtime supervision, mealtime, you know, uh, just being able to get on there and not and not eat by yourself. Mm-hmm. I know that for us, we literally had to pivot from a Friday afternoon to a Monday morning um, where literally all of our 21 locations across the country where we have in-person support groups closed overnight, rightfully so. And we had never thought about doing our groups virtually because we had so much invested in that in-person connection. Mm -hmm. We actually spent all weekend with attorneys, with our clinical director, and literally by that Monday afternoon, we had started our virtual groups. And Mm -hmm. it was a game changer for us because we knew that you you might needed to you might have needed to be um, you know physically distanced, but what this allowed us to do is to not be so socially isolated. So I think that that was such mm-hmm. a big a big thing. So without a doubt, and I can tell you sort of the af- aftermath after March is we're seeing levels of eating disorders that have been unsurpassed. Um, mm-hmm. Or the amount of folks that are reaching out for for help. Literally, we're at a place where there is not one adolescent bed for individuals with eating disorders across this country. The majority of programs are on wait list. The majority of clinicians are on wait list. So I think it's it's really important on the flip side to know that if you are experiencing higher, higher levels of distress, higher levels of eating disorder, symptomatology, anxiety, depression, you don't need to do this alone. There are people mm-hmm. that can help you and that it's okay. I there was a wonderful quote by um, dietitian Anna on, uh, on Instagram. And, you know, she said, you know, this is not a vacation. You're trying to just live through a pandemic. And so give yourself grace and know that mm-hmm. you're not supposed to have the Instagram perfect experience during COVID. If all you do is survive, you've done an amazing job. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's something that those are conversations that um, I've been having with people is like, you don't have to do this alone. And, you know, we people are feeling isolated and people are feeling lonely. And there is that be- that beauty of being able to connect with someone over Zoom or connect with someone over Instagram and not feel as isolated because we have the resources to be able to do that. And so I've, you know, I've, I've had these conversations of the pros and cons of COVID and um, in terms of, you know, what's available during COVID. And I think for a lot of people, you know, like the Alliance, being forced to go into this virtual setting has kind of been somewhat of a blessing in disguise because you've been able to provide for such a wider range of um, individuals. And so I think that's, you know, a positive thing that we, we can look at and we can 
um, celebrate. And I think, you know, going off of that, we're going in, you know, eating disorder awareness month. Um, we're seeing this, this rise in numbers of eating disorders over, you know, the course of the last year or however many months. And, um, I think that this, this year, this month for eating disorder awareness month, we're going to see this increase in conversation and Mm -hmm. this increase in normalization, which I think is so important. Um, so I would love to hear, um, kind of, you know, what are you excited about in terms of February and eating disorder awareness month? Um, and then a little bit about what the Alliance is doing with not one more weekend. So I, I, I did just want to circle back to something you said so, so beautifully is like that silver lining of what COVID allowed us to do. And I think, you know, for us being able to pivot to these, you know, virtual groups, we have been able to reach individuals that have been in care deserts for way too long. Mm-hmm. I will share with you that we have um, a transgender male who lives in Saudi Arabia, who literally wakes up in the middle of the night to be able to access our groups because that is the only support that he gets. Um, mm-hmm. individuals living in our country that like literally have no, no groups, no services in their area are able to hop on even individuals that might've not ha- wanted to walk through the four walls of an actual group. It has been so fantastic. And it has created this virtual community of individuals that go into this virtual space and speak each other's language and understand because Carly, as, mm-hmm. as you and I both know, as as individuals that have recovered from eating disorders, is that eating disorders are so shaming and stigmatizing, right? And all you mm-hmm. want is for someone to say, me too, or you're not alone, or mm-hmm. together we can get through this. And so I think that's that's so beautiful about, about this virtual opportunity. And I think it's a, a, a great segue into your question of any time that we are able to create much needed conversations about eating disorders, we start to chip away at the shame and stigma that surround eating disorders. They're still very, mm-hmm. they're, they're still very cloaked in shame. And I think that, you know, my dear friend, Katie Weston said it so beautiful, beautifully is that stigma is the deterrent of individuals seeking help um, and, and shame is too. And so I think by celebrating Eating Disorders Awareness Month and creating this much needed conversations and places for people to get sound good information and know that they are not alone and knowing that help is available and recovery is possible. For me, that's a win. Cause I think of, of those people that have been, you know, struggling in, in silence and secrecy for decades. And as we know, you know, our secrets keep us sick. Um, mm-hmm. And so for us at the Alliance, we do everything we can during this month to do presentations, to increase our, our, our groups, to do podcasts like this, you know, to mm-hmm. reach out to communities, letting people know that they are not alone. The Alliance is a, is a nonprofit organization for all humans with eating disorders. We know mm-hmm. that eating disorders do not discriminate between age, gender, race, class, you know, sexual orientation, sexual uh, gender identity. We know that all humans can be affected by eating disorders. And we are an organization for all humans that that are affected by eating disorders. And so what we're super excited about is the last weekend of February, February 26th through 28th, we're going to be holding our inaugural Not One More Weekend. And this weekend is based on the three pillars, um, really the structure of the Alliance, which is help, support, and recovery. And so on Friday, we're going to celebrate our National Day of Help. 
where we're urging people to pick up the phone, go onto our, our inclusive referral website, findedhelp.com, and know that there is help. There's, there's helpers that are out there. There's clinicians that are out there because even though our head is like above the neck, sometimes we feel that we don't need help. But I often equate it to physical health. Like you would never tell, you know, someone with diabetes, you can fix your blood sugar on your own. You need help to do that. You need help to recover from an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. So that's really a day to urge people to get help. Then on Saturday, we have our national day of support. And uh, what we're known for at the Alliance is our free therapist-led support groups. And so we decided why not? We're going to have a 16 hour support group marathon. So from 8 a.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time all the way up to midnight Eastern Standard Time, every hour on the hour, we're going to have uh, free clinician led groups on specific topics. So we're going to have certain pro recovery groups, groups for friends and loved ones. Uh, we're going to have a group for our LGBTQ plus community, uh, relapse prevention, eating disorders and substance use, you name it, we're going to have different groups. Um, then on Sunday is our national, um, our national day of recovery. And we're so thrilled about it. And we're going to urge people to really live their life beyond eating disorders and to do something to make a difference. So mm -hmm. things like downloading our images and putting them on social media. So folks can create conversations about eating disorders, encourage individuals to reach out to their, um, you know, government officials and to sign on to eating disorder legislation. And then I think probably one of my most favorite parts is at six o'clock PM, we're going to have a rally for recovery. Um, and I, I should say that the entire weekend is free to attend, um, to really come together and to celebrate recovery. And Carly, you will be the first person to know, because we were just going to announce it tomorrow, that our main speaker is Hunter McGrady. Uh, she's oh, going to amazing. be our main speaker for the event. We also have the fabulous Kitty Weston, that's going to be speaking about, you know, uh, her daughter, Anna Weston died um, from an eating disorder two decades ago, and she's really dedicated her life to really be an advocate. And so that not one more family, what not one more person has to lose their life. Um, mm -hmm. And we also have an amazing human. Her name is Jalisa, um, who's this young dynamo. She's 16. And her goal is to raise awareness in the BIPOC community for eating disorders. We have a few other surprises in there. But um, all to say, we're super excited about it. We hope that it brings really important awareness and education. Um, but you can check it out at notonemore.co. It's D-O. Uh, the com was taken. You don't want to go there. But notonemore.co. Um, and we really hope you will join us because uh, it's really going to be an incredible weekend. Yes. And I'm so excited to follow along and to be a part of, you know, whatever, um, is happening on that weekend. And I just want to say, thank you. Thank you so much for, um, for doing this, um, as someone who, you know, has struggled with an eating disorder and, uh, you know, grew up never having any, anything like this. Mm -hmm. Um, it makes me so hopeful, um, for the younger generation, um, who are experiencing eating disorders to, you know, have this support and have this community that they can turn to where they know, Hey, I can talk about these things. I can open up about these things. Um, and like you said, destigmatizing this idea that 
um, you know, that that's around eating disorders, um, that stops people from reaching out for help or sharing what they're going through. Um, and so I think that, you know, with eating disorders awareness month and not one more weekend, there's going to be so much education and conversation and all of these really important things, um, being done to help individuals feel that they, can get that support. And most importantly, that they deserve to get that support and that they deserve to get to that place of recovery, um, or whatever that looks like for them. Um, and so I think that's absolutely incredible. And I'm so excited to see what comes from not one more weekend. Um, there was one other question and I'm having a brain fart. And this always happens to me. I'm like, I had the question when you were talking and it's gone. Um, But I think, you know, one thing that I really wanted to spend a little bit of time on um, and because I think it's just going to be really helpful for the community and those who are listening. um, What advice do you give to an individual who? is struggling with an eating disorder or is, you know, just struggling with their relationship with food and they don't know who to reach out to. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to ask for that help. Um, what advice do you have for someone, uh, who's going through that? First and foremost, you're not alone. That's, that's really mm-hmm. what I would say to someone. Um, and that you're not the exception to the rule. And I, what I mean by that is you know, when I experienced my eating disorder, there wasn't, I would say, a hundredth of the awareness and education and resources that there are today. And so, so much of my experience was I never knew that there was access to care and that there was recovery. Um, And even at a point where I got got there, it was, well, other people can recover, but not me. Mm -hmm. Um, you did not choose your eating disorder as much as at times it may feel like you did certain things to cause it. Eating disorders are biopsychosocial illnesses. So they're genetic in nature and they're influenced by other factors like comorbid mental illness, depression, anxiety. It could, um, there could be some trauma. There might be some personality disorders, um, in the environment, let's be very real. And I think that's something that you have showed up so incredibly beautifully in this space is that, you know, I think that so often individuals have these archaic stereotypes of what eating disorders look like and who they affect. And that's the furthest from the truth. You know, I, I was reminded of, uh, a few days ago by you know, binge eating disorder has far more individuals that experience binge eating disorder than anorexia nervosa and bulimia nervosa combined. Whenever we think about eating disorders, we think that uh, of folks in very low weight bodies or perhaps higher weight bodies. And again, it comes down to the fact that eating disorders show up in all shapes and sizes. I think that we, mm-hmm. we live in a world that's, um, you know, that there's so much weight stigma, there's so much, so many mixed messages of that what health looks like, what accept, what's acceptable, what's not. And I'm really grateful that we've come to a place where we're starting to break down those barriers, recreate the conversations, allow folks to show up as who they are and as they are. We have this idea of health at every size, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that that's been so beautifully, and I really appreciate how you have brought that that, that topic to the to to the um, that that topic to the table. Um, but I would just say, number one, you're not alone. Number two, mm-hmm. is that there is help. 
that there is hope that recovery is possible, um, reach out to the Alliance. We have an all licensed and specialized team that picks up the phone and can give you referrals to all levels of care using your, your insurance. If you have Medicare, Medicaid, TRICARE, even if you don't have insurance, we will try our best to connect you to treatment, whatever it is, either outpatient all the way up to acute medical stabilization. Please utilize our free weekly clinician-led um, support groups. We have five of them, so please check them out. Um, and more than anything, know that you're not alone on this journey, that, you know, the journey to recovery is not going to be perfect. It's not going to mm-hmm. be black or white. It's not going to be linear. It's about putting one foot in front of the other. You will trip and fall on your journey to recovery. It will not be perfect. And it's not about the trips and the falls. It's about what happens after. It's about picking yourself up, dusting yourself off, and continuing to put one foot in front of the other and knowing that you do not have to do this on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, the most common thing that I hear from uh, young individuals who are experiencing uh, these, you know, signs of eating disorders or just really struggling with their relationship with food and their body is that idea of their that fear of failure. Um, what do I do if I if I if I can't succeed in this? Um, what if this is just something I live with the rest of my life? You know, these very valid ideas and thoughts that people have when they're experiencing these um these these eating disorder behaviors. And so I think, yeah, just reminding people you're not alone and there is people out there, there are people out there who want to help you and who want to support you. Um is, you know, the best place to start. And I think, uh, for anyone listening who is, you know, having those thoughts or those doubts or those fears, just know that you're not alone. And those doubts and that fear is so normal. It's normal to feel that way. It's very scary, (laughs) very scary to come from a place where you've relied so heavily on your eating disorder and then get to a place where you're like, what do I do? And how do I live without it? Um, and so, yeah, it's very, it's a very valid, a very valid feeling to be scared and to be, um, anxious around what happens when I start recovery. Um, but just knowing that it definitely 100,000% is worth it. Um, and like, like you said, Joanna, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs and, um, it's, it's not about the, it's not about the trips. It's not about the falling. It's about where you end up afterwards. Um, Carly, which I, I think just so wanted important. to just say thank you for what you just said about, you know, it's 1 million percent worth it. I, you know, uh, recovery was the hardest thing I ever did. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've been through a lot of, a lot of crap in my life. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And I will absolutely say, and this is very cliche, but, and I've heard it a lot of times, but it's really, really truth. My worst day in recovery is 8 million times better than my best day in my eating disorder. And I think there's no clear for me moment on my journey to recovery. Uh, for 20 years, I was told I wouldn't be able to have children because of the mm-hmm. effect of my eating disorder. Um, and I actually have a little girl. Her name is Annabelle. She's four years old. Um, mm-hmm. And if anybody follows me on Instagram, I, I sort of like literally it's just like pictures of my child. Uh, she's so she's cute. And, um, mm-hmm. she also is so special to me. And yes, I have this, this really, this amazing memory. And it was about a year and a half ago, pre COVID it was, uh, the day after Thanksgiving. And I had somehow convinced my husband, Max, who's my, my best friend, um, and just 
unbelievable partner. We were walking in the mall. I don't know how I got him to do that uh, the day after Thanksgiving. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, sometimes, you know, when my, my kid isn't there, we were like lamenting about her. And I said to him, I said, she is without a doubt the best thing I ever did. And he actually stopped and looked at me and he said, actually, no, Joanna, the best thing that you ever did was your recovery. Mm -hmm. And he said, because without your recovery, she would not be here today. And the Alliance would not be here today. And we would not be here today. And it was this moment of like, it was, it was like someone had like saw like into me and it was just this moment of, there were so many times on my journey to recovery that I gave up or that I wanted to give up that I threw my hands up and it was so hard. It was so, so, so hard. And I just want, if you're listening to know that, that Carly and I, we see you and we hear you and we know how difficult it is. And we're also here to remind you to take that next step, to keep mm -hmm. on moving forward. Because although you do not recover to utopia, you recover to life and life is not sunshine bunnies and rainbows. It's like full of amazing moments and really shitty moments. Excuse yes. my language if I'm not allowed to say that, but no, you are. If you do. <laughs> um, but it's so damn worth it. And mm -hmm. we're not perfect. You know, I will fully disclose that, you know, the pandemic did not do good things to my anxiety. And I found myself in a place of, very heightened anxiety, like I haven't had in, in a number of years. And it, it was my accountability and my vulnerability to say, you know what, I'm having a really hard time. And that's okay, I can reach out for help too. Even though, you know, I run this organization, I speak around the world about, about you know, recovering from an eating disorder, I'm still human and it's still not gonna be perfect. So mm -hmm. just know that's worth it and you're not supposed to be perfect. Exactly, yeah. And I, you know, relate so much to that feeling of, you know, when you're in your recovery and, and you just throw your hands up and you're like, this is too difficult and I can't do this. And I feel, you know, so weak and is, would life just be easier if I, you know, just gave up. And I just want anyone listening to know that no, life is not easier. If you were to just give up, you are worthy of getting to that place of recovery and you are worthy of getting that help and that support. And no matter um, how difficult it is, we are here for you. And the Alliance is such an amazing place to reach out, to get that support and to get that help um, whenever you need it. Honestly, yep. it's 24 seven, right? Absolutely. Well, anytime, yep. Um, even if we don't pick up the phone, please leave a message. I will tell mm -hmm. you that we are so quick on getting back to you. Um, and you don't have to navigate this journey alone. Yeah. So we're here. Exactly. Yes. So I'm really excited, um, to see what comes, um, of this month and eating disorder awareness month and the conversations that are going to be had. And of course, so excited to follow along with, um, not one more weekend and, um, you know, all of these amazing guests that you're going to be having on, I think it's going to be incredibly empowering. And I think there's going to be a lot of lives that are going to be changed, um, in such a beautiful way. And, um, I'm so glad that we were able to, uh, come on here today and, you know, hear a little bit from you and learn a little bit about, um, who you are and what the Alliance is and, um, share with the listeners a little bit more about, um, not one more weekend. And of course I will put all of that information in the show notes. Um, so for those of you that are listening, you can, um, check out not one more weekend register for whatever it is that you're interested in and get involved in whatever way, uh, you want to get involved in. Um, 
But thank you so much, Joanna, for being here and having this conversation with me. Um, I think, you know, I'm excited for February. I'm excited for the conversations that are going to come from Eating Disorder Awareness Month. And hopefully through those conversations, we can continue them past yes. February. Yes. Um, and that's the goal is, you know, to, to, to keep those conversations going outside of, uh, outside of the month and, um, outside of eating disorder awareness month. But, um, thank you again for being here. And one last thing, uh, where can everyone find you? Well, thank you so much, Carly, for this amazing conversation and, and for your uh, generous time around Mm -hmm. not only the Alliance, but, and not one more weekend, but really just letting folks know that it's, it's okay to to ask for Mm -hmm. help. Um, so for, for, for those of you who need any help or support, you can follow us, um, on Instagram at, at Alliance for EDA. You can call us at 866-662-1235. Again, it's 866-662-1235. And our website is Alliance for Eating Disorders. That's plural.com. Do not hesitate to reach out to us. Um, there is help. There is hope. And together there is life beyond eating disorders. So Carly, thank you again for today's conversation. Thank you so much, Joanna.